everyone. Bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco on May 18th. And uh, I'm happy that you tuned in. So, uh, hey, I have a really interesting guest I'm going to talk about. One of the coolest gardens in Washington State. But before I do, I want to do as I always do, say hi to everyone I spoke to this week. And uh, so I was out at Seabrook. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's this town by the sea. It is so fun. And uh, if you've ever stayed there, they they uh, put me up in the getaway, and I took Izzy with me. <laughs> we had so much fun. Izzy just loved the living Tweedle out of this trip, and she didn't tear the, the spectacular house to shreds. So that was really good. <laughs> and... Uh, so it's a wonderful oceanfront town, and um, so I gave a talk at the community picnic that they had, and it was packed. There was standing room only, which uh, was really wonderful. I always liked that. And I brought Izzy with me and tied her up because there was a lot of food at this picnic, and Izzy would have been into that in one second flat, you know. <laughs> And uh, But the funniest thing is while I was giving the talk, this little girl, I don't know exactly how old she is, but she was pretty darn young, seven or something maybe. And she she uh, crawled up to Izzy, and they were just nose to nose. <laughs> Izzy wanted to be with her, so she was trying so hard. I she was crawling to be with her, and... Uh, through the whole talk, that little girl and Izzy just played, and it was uh, it was really touching. So, and I just want to say, uh, Seabrook, thanks for having me out. I had so much fun. So I uh, gave away a lot of plants, a Gardening with Cisco T-shirt, and had a lot of fun at that talk. Hey, my next talk is out at uh is in Wenatchee at Omi Gardens. And that is going to be that. I'm only doing a teensy talk there, but that'll be May 30 at the Friends of Omi Gardens event. So you can look at my website and click on that and see if it's a possibility for you to go to that because that's going to be a lot of fun. So right now, I want to bring on Jason Browning he is the garden director for the Omi Gardens in Wenatchee. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the Omi Gardens, but they're fantastic. So, hey, Jason, how are you doing? Good, Cisco. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, it's I'm great. I'm excited about this. Yeah. It's really great having you on. Now, uh, you're, when did you uh, start your job as garden director for Omi Gardens now? Uh, so officially, I became uh, director in February, but I've been with the garden since last July. Um, oh, cool. So I initially came on as maintenance and got promoted in February. Hey, nice. You must be doing a good job. <laughs> doing something, I guess. Oh, neat. So, you know, Omi Gardens, I don't know, you know, I've been there several times. We, sh- Megan and I shot TV there one time. And I just love that garden way up. The views from that place are fantastic. What It's nine acres, right? Yeah, so there's nine acres of developed garden, but we have 14 acres total, including oh. some of our buffer areas. Oh, cool. So it's kind of forest around the, the main garden there. Yeah, we have a nice, we have a nice uh, 
pile of trees on the edge of their garden here, um, which is which is kind of what makes us unique. Is is trees wouldn't traditionally grow where they're growing. <laughs> ah, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, now this is the ninetieth anniversary for Omi Gardens, right? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> it marks the the year that uh, Herman Omi actually purchased the property uh, back in 1929. Um, but we've only been we've only been uh, people have been coming up since about the late 30s. I think is is when people started recognizing what was happening up here, and and uh, and the Omis were sort of almost halfway forced into letting people in because it was just so beautiful. Yeah, because they just they started that as a little kind of a, a small garden for a family retreat, right? And then what uh, Herman must have just gone nuts making it bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, definitely. It's it's funny. One of our uh, one of the T-shirts we have on sale at our gift shop actually has a quote from Ruth, which is Herman's uh, uh, wife, and it says, "We you know we just wanted a nice backyard." <laughs> that's really how it started, and it turned it in, turned into to to what it is now, ninety years later. Boy, it's really neat. It's kind of a neat mix of rock gardens, forest, uh, annual gardens, perennials. You've got a little of everything up there, huh? Yeah, traditionally we've had mostly perennials. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do this year actually is is add in some pre- uh, annual beds throughout the garden. Um, that way we just always have a touch of color throughout um, as the seasons sort of change. Oh, that's a nice idea. Now, what elevation is that garden at? Um, I, at the highest point, we're about 600 feet above the Columbia River, and I think uh, the Columbia, as it rolls through Wenatchee, I think is around 600. So we're about 1,200 feet wow. above uh, sea level. Yeah. So uh, now I know you're uh, adding a lot of really cool events this year, right? You're having music and movies and all kinds of things there this year. Yeah, so actually uh, RLS Productions has been doing their concert series here for uh, a few years now, um, and those are well-attended, great concerts. um, And they've actually donated their services and their stage this year for our uh, 90th uh, 90th celebration concert uh, with a band that, you know, some of your listeners might know well, the Dusty 45s from the Seattle, Seattle area. Oh, cool. And uh, so that's been a big help. Without without their custom built stage for Omi Gardens, we wouldn't be able to be putting on that that event. So it's been a big help uh, having their support. Oh, that's great. So uh, now, are you you're doing some other uh, big events? I know you're showing movies. Has that been going on for a while up there? At- no, that so that's that's something new this year. Uh, we're trying to figure out ways. Uh, to spe- specifically reconnect with the local population, it, it, as you might know, sometimes local local treasures sort of get, you know, you've been there enough because you live right next to it. Um, so we're trying to figure out ways to reconnect people with the garden in ways they hadn't before. So movies was one of them. Um, we've got a, a a series of five total, um, as well as adding in. Uh, we've added two little free libraries this year where people can come up and grab a book and read. And, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, we're really trying to reconnect with people with the garden um, in ways they haven't before. Uh, that's really nice. Now, 
Uh, June 14th, you're having a big celebration to kind of showcase the garden and celebrate 90 years. What's going to be happening at that? Yeah, so that's I kind of touched on that earlier. Um, that's that's when we'll have the Dusty's Dusty oh, 45 okay. uh, concert. So that'll be that evening. <clears throat> but throughout the day, we'll have we'll have a series of photos and and some historical photos throughout the garden that sort of coordinate where people can be at viewpoints and see areas of what they were throughout the years and how it is now, um, and and oh, um, invite everyone to just come up and and be a part of this 90th celebration because <clears throat> as, as, as much as the Omis did, this really continued because of local support. And, uh, and so we want to, we want to give a shout out to the local public here saying thank you for, for coming and coming and seeing us for 90 years now. Boy, I'm glad they did, you know, I'm cause, uh, you know, it's not easy to keep a garden like that going. And I know that, I, what is it? The city or the county is owns it now, and uh, but people have really chipped in to keep the garden going, and it would be such a loss. It's such a fantastic garden, so it's so great that people are chipping in and helping. And uh, do you get a lot of tourists come up to see the garden? Yeah. So um, traditionally, we get about eighty percent of our visitors are from out of the county. Oh. Um, so a large majority of our visitors are um, uh, tourists. Oh, that's cool. So it's at the junction of Highway 2 and and 97A, so it's not hard to find the garden. I know I've been up there a number of times. And so is there a charge if tourists come up to see the garden? How does that work? Yeah, so uh, when when initially the state uh, purchased the the land from the Omis when, when Gordon's uh, health was sort of uh, failing. And Gordon is Herman Omi's son who took over the garden uh, when Herman passed. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so we charge, we charge $8. The state took over. Uh, and, and part of that was they mandated um, that the garden was be self-sufficient. So uh-huh. okay. uh, along with helping with maintenance and stuff, there is value in coming to see this garden um, and we, we want people to understand that. And so by charging an admission, it not only helps us maintain it, but it makes people realize that, that this is worth coming to. Oh, and, and it is worth coming to, you know, and $8 is mighty cheap to see a garden of this quality. And uh, by the way, you do have uh, a pretty good gift store there too, huh? Yeah, we've, we've, got our, we've got our little gift shop. And that's actually one of the things we'll be talking about it during this May 30th event is sort of our vision uh, for renovating that space into a, into an area that's going to be more easily accessible for people as they come in uh, and also increase the uh, retail area that we can have sort of gift items for people to look at and buy. Oh, too cool. Well, yeah, I'm really excited about coming over May 30th. It sounds like that's going to be quite a fun event. I don't know. Is So can anyone sign up for that event? So as of as of right now, we're uh, we're we're taking RSVPs. So if they if people do want to come, we want to know that they're coming. Um, so if anyone out there is interested in coming and supporting the gardens and being part of the Omi Gardens Friends Society, uh, all they got to do is give us a quick email at info at omigardens.org and let us know they're coming. That way we can get a head count of, of how big this is going to be. 
Great. And uh, so I've got a link to Omi Gardens right on the front page of my website. And for all you folks that have never seen it, it's in Wenatchee. It's, uh, and it, is it accessible for wheelchairs and disabled folks? No, actually, we, we are, we're fairly restrictive on uh, pathways, mainly because, and this is what's really cool about this garden and what's really cool about the only fam- family, is we have about a mile of trail total, and every single stone there was dragged up from the Columbia River and wow. put into place. Oh, my and gosh. So it's natural stone pathways, and it's all, it's, it's, uh, it's rugged, but it is, it is walkable, but it is not wheelchair or disabled. All right. That's uh, good to know. Capable, yeah. But, but it's that ruggedness that makes it so cool, because all those stones in there, I kind of remember now from when I shot TV there that they told us that uh, Herman brought all those stones up, and I suppose uh, his son kept that going. But yeah, it's uh, it's something cool to see. Very rugged, like you say, but definitely walkable and uh, really cool to see. So, uh, well, listen, uh, congratulations. I'm glad that you're the new garden director, Jason. I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Yeah, I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. All right, I'll see you on May 30th, and I hope I see lots of you folks that just heard this interview there. So uh, we got to keep Omi Garden for uh, for the future, you know. We want to just keep making it better. It's one of the real jewels in Washington State. So uh, if you're going to Wenatchee, make sure you go there. So Highway 97A and Highway 2 to Junction you get to go up and see a real treasure of Seattle or of Washington. Hey, thanks a lot, Jason. You take care, buddy. See you soon. Thanks. Okay, bye. All right, listen, I'm flying solo today, so I hope you'll call and ask me a garden question or two. So I'm at one 973 cairo one 973 right back on 97.3 Cairo FM. All right, and uh, hey, I'm about to go to Brad and Woodenville. I just want to let everybody know I changed the name of my puppy. <laughs> so uh, George is now little Leo. So he's Leo, and I think he's going to really stay Leo because he's a little lion. He, Anyway, okay. Hey, let's go to Woodenville and talk to Brad right now. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Doing well. What about yourself, Cisco? Uh, uh, doing fantastic. Thanks. I was wondering, uh, do you run around with a watering can, or how exactly do you water your uh, gardens? I was thinking about putting in a triple irrigation system. Well, you're smart if you put in ir- an irrigation system. I'll tell you what, I hand water everything. So uh, I use an oscillating sprinkler like to do the lawn and in some of my garden beds. But uh, I also have some garden beds where, you know, I tell everyone, whoever listens to my talks, that the best thing you could do is put plants that need the same amount of water together. So you don't want a juniper uh, next to a 
giant rhubarb because a giant rhubarb will just die if it doesn't get a ton of water, but you'll rot the juniper if you water that much. So I have to hand water a lot. <laughs> so I walk around with a hose and a hose end nozzle and water certain things special. And uh, so I do a lot of hand watering, and it's kind of a Zen experience, you know. <laughs> But you got to have a lot of time, and I don't have enough time half the time. But uh, but I make sure I stay on top of it. But uh, if I had my choice, I would probably put an irrigation system in. And you know what kind I really like? It's a drip irrigation, but it has the little heads are up on little risers. And so... Uh, so, like, drip irrigation is really hard in a garden like mine because I'm moving plants all the time. I've got a million different perennials, and uh, to get drip to every plant would be practically impossible. But with these little uh, emitters on risers, they could shoot water about three feet wide, and they shoot a, a really thick stream of water, so it's not that fine. And it's it so you're putting out the water real slow is what they do compared to a regular irrigation system, and they work really well. Now I wouldn't put that in a lawn. I'd put a regular lawn, you know, I'd have little pop up sprinklers in the lawn. But whatever kind of sprinklers you use, you want to put the water down as slowly as you can. You get a lot less evaporation, and uh, the water penetrates a lot better. Well, I was thinking about uh, drip irrigation so that I wasn't watering the weeds in between the plants, you know? Uh, well, yeah, and, and you know, if you're not a maniac like me with a plant in every square foot, actually square, every square inch, and they're all different, uh, yeah, you know, drip irrigation works really well because you can just put the emitters right where you want them and, uh, you know, you could cover that with mulch, and you don't even see it. The one thing that you got to really watch with drip irrigation, you got to be sure that the emitters aren't getting clogged up. And the way you find out sometimes is you see the plant start to wilt, and you go, oh, my gosh. So it's good to go out there now and then, just do a little test. You know, when it's running, just dig down and make sure that emitter is letting water out as it should be and then no i think that's the way to go to go to drip uh if you don't have a million plants like i do that works better than anything i know yeah i probably have to check it to make sure it's not overwatering the things too but uh it sounded uh, good to me so i will give it a try thank you give it a try let me know how it goes brad absolutely Hey, thanks for the call. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, we're going to the news now. We'll be right back after that on 97.3 Cairo FM, best gardening station in the whole world. I forgot to tell all you listeners something really important. <laughs> and that's that at 1 o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Grays Harbor Home and Garden Show. So uh, 
the master gardeners of Grays Harbor and Pacific uh, counties put on a really great uh, home and garden show. It's going today. And uh, I'm giving a talk at 1 o'clock tomorrow on dazzling plant combinations. So I'll be giving away some really cool plants, a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt, and having a lot of fun meeting you folks and answering your questions as as well as I can. So, hey, I'll be at—this is in Elma at the Grays Harbor uh, Fairgrounds Event Center. So I hope lots of you come. That'll be fun. Also, just really quick, want to let you know, Cottage Lake Gardens is having a flash plant sale. That's going tomorrow, May 19th, from 11 to 1 p.m. And, uh, hey, I'll tell you what, um, she ha- she sells every kind of trillium on earth. She has cyclamens and other plants, but the trilliums that she sells are fantastic. So, uh, but uh, people have been pre-ordering. She may not have everything available the day of the sale. So, if you're uh, interested and want to make sure you can get the trillium you want, then uh, go on my events page on Cisco.com, <clears throat> and you'll be able to uh, email her. I've got her email in there, and find out if she's got what you're after. Okay, let's go to Connie now in Kirkland. Connie, welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Well, thank you. I'm glad that I was able to get through this this afternoon. Great. So, my question is, I've lived in my house for 25 years, and I'm digging in the dirt, and I don't see one single worm. Oh, la, la. Yeah, and then then I saw a little garter snake. Oh, that's cool. Do they eat worms? So I'm trying to figure out if it's I have bad soil or what I need to do. I doubt that the garter snakes are eating worms. You know what okay. they eat? They eat slugs and snails. Oh. Oh, you're okay. lucky to have yeah, those guys. <laughs> so that's great. But um, my guess, whenever I see a garden without any worms, uh-huh. it's usually there's not enough organic in there. Do you mulch uh. much? Not really, this not on this part of the house. Oh, okay. I, I haven't. Well, you know what you could do is a little emergency thing. Do you got any uh-huh. big, big deciduous trees at no, your house? No, no, okay. nothing is in there. If you can go to the local park or something, uh-huh. rake up a bunch of leaves, and yeah. you you can, if you got a way, you can lay them on the lawn and mow the lawn, and it'll grind them up. You don't have to okay. do that, but if they're pretty big, it's better to do that. You know, if you get yeah. big leaf maple or oak tree leaves or something. I have cottonwoods. I have the snow right oh, now. Okay. Well, you can, <laughs> you can, uh, that would be good to mow those if you could first okay. and then spread them out over your garden nice and thick huh. in, okay, and do that, do that in the fall. All it, right. I will. It, oh, I will. man. You can't, I, I put a lot of leaves in my gardens. And okay. you can't believe how many worms you got. Because the worms got to have something to eat. Yeah, I know. Okay, so that's it. So I need to put some organic matter. Yeah, you need that. organic. Yeah. You could go compost, okay. too, and that'll help. Okay. But right. uh, leaves Coffee. really bring in the worms. It's unbelievable. Huh, okay. Yeah, well, you'll, have, you. you'll have so many worms that uh, <laughs> you, you won't know what to do with them after that. Yeah, well, I'm not breaking any families up this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez uh, okay all right well listen all right. 
Best of luck and be nice okay. to those wonderful garter snakes you got. You're I really am. lucky. I am. Cool. You have a great day. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye, uh-huh. Connie. Bye bye. Oh, that was a great question. Okay, we got open lines right now. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So if you call in, you can get right in. But fortunately, I have some emails, and I got one from a person named Byron. And he showed me a picture of his pluot tree, and it has a disease. So pluots are, uh, they are a cross between a plum and an apricot. There's a whole bunch of these kind of uh, crosses now that you can get. And he lives in western Washington someplace. And... uh, So first of all, plum trees and apricot trees are both susceptible to a fungus disease called brown rot. It's also called blossom blight. It sort of fungus lands on the flower of your, it gets cherry trees, it gets, uh, oh, a lot of stone fruits get this, and and including ornamental cherries. And so uh, the, the fungus Go, if, it, if you get the right temperature and rain, when the fungus lands on the flower, it goes in through the flower, germinates, invades the flower, goes in and uh, kills a lot of branches in your tree. I'm seeing tons of this on cherries and plums, and uh, it has to be a stone fruit. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> uh, what was that? Okay, <clears throat> so anyway, I will finish this when I come back. We're going to take a break right now. But let me just put it this way. Pluot trees don't do well in western Washington at all. They're horrible because the problem is they not only get disease, but quite often uh, they get uh, the, the fruit never ripens up. They need really hot temperatures. Don't buy those things. <laughs> don't buy any of those crosses. And uh, if you do have brown rot, just spray, uh, go ahead and spray uh, a fungicide right when you see the first color in the flower, and then when they're in full bloom, and then when the flowers fall off. All right, we're taking a break. Janet in Everett, we'll get you when we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. And how did how did we get to the last section already? Holy cats! Hey, let's go to Everett and talk to Janet. Hi, Janet. Hi, Cisco. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. So nice to hear your voice. I have an easy question. All right. I cannot. I can't grow a jade plant. I cannot grow a jade. I buy them one after the other, and they die. Well, my guess is. Do you water them in the winter time? Yeah. That's the big mistake. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, jade plants, there's two things about jades. Uh, you know, you want to give them as much light as you possibly can. But uh the number one thing is that they don't they hardly want to be watered all winter long. So, yeah, so what happens is when you water a jade too much, 
instead of going straight up like they should, the branches mm. dip down and then they dip back up. So that's a sign for everybody listening. If you're watering your jade too much, that's what they're going to do. And they rot so easy. The other oh, rule yeah. of a jade plant is that you can transplant them every year when they're really little. But once they mm-hmm. get pretty big, you never transplant them again until they either break the pot or they get so big that the pot falls over. So, wow. as, so as you can see, they like being root-bound. So I never transplant a little one until it really packs the the pot with roots. You, you can wait too long, though. But and then, and here's the funny thing: in the winter time, you know, your jade is sitting there and you're not watering it. Pretty soon, you see the leaves start to wilt, dry up, and fall off the plant. Don't yeah. panic if you see that, because every leaf can fall off. And then you give it a drink of water, and they grow new leaves right away. So, what, oh. yeah. So what I do if I've got one I know is pretty root bound, then I will wait to water till a significant number of the leaves start to dry up and fall off. Then I give it one drink of water, and that might be the only one it gets all winter long. Wow. Yeah. Now, do but, you put it outside in the spring and summer? Yeah, it's great to put it outside in the spring and summer. It's still a little cold. Jades don't like cold. So I would mm-hmm. wait just until uh the weather till till the weather rarely ever goes under the fifties. Then you can yeah. put it outside, but don't do what I did. Oh, I'm still mad at myself. I had this huge jade. I loved it. And uh, I thought, man, this guy needs more sunshine. So I took it, stuck it right in the sun outside. You have never seen anything burn up so bad. I mean, you know the worst sunburn you've ever had in your life? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was nothing compared to what it did to this jade. It fried the sucker. It survived. But every leaf looked so bad, you couldn't believe it. So what you got to do is start it in the shade, put it out in the shade, and then every day give it, you know, give it a little morning sun, just a little Mm -hmm. the first day. Second day, leave it out an extra hour in the morning sun. Third day, maybe three hours of morning sun. By the end of the week, it's in full sun, and it will love it. Oh, they love the more sun they can get, the the happier they are. And okay. have you ever seen a jade bloom? I have in California. Yes, I have. Oh, they're so beautiful. So I know, I know, and I can't even get it to grow. And I well, you're <laughs> gonna get goal. it too. And hey, don't forget in the, in spring and summer you can water them pretty normal, especially if you put it outside. Okay. So you could water it probably just lightly once a week and uh, fertilize it, you know, once a month when it's outside growing. And uh, yeah. I, I guarantee you're going to keep this jade alive this time. Okay. Thanks so much, Cisco. All right. Good Take luck. Care. Go go Bye. buy a, Go buy a really cool one 
And uh, you got to keep that guy going. You're going to have a really great plant because jades are fantastic. I love them. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks so much, Janet. Fun call. Bye. All right. Now, um, let's see. I got another email here. Where is that? Okay. Hey, I got an email from Mike and Jen, and this show is going to end really soon, just so you know. So I'll do this real quick. And they showed me a picture of a euphorbia that's got uh, a really thick top of uh, flowers. So what I think that is, it's a hybrid of euphorbia wolfeni and uh, euphorbia Portuguese velvet. So if you've got those, they are in the... uh, they are in the Caraceas uh, section of Euphorbias. <laughs> they cross all the time. And you get all kinds of Euphorbias come up in your garden. Some are cool. Some are horrible. Just yank out the ones that are horrible. Keep the ones that are good. They're wonderful plants. But I have to give you a warning. Be careful whenever you work with Euphorbia. Because the sap is highly caustic, and if it gets in your eyes, it can uh, harm your eyes, and you don't want to do that. It's not going to put your eye out, but it's a painful experience. I've done it once. You don't want to do that. Okay, just a quick reminder that at 1 o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to be up in Elma at the fairgrounds there, uh, giving a talk about dazzling combinations, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. You might even win a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt. I'm only giving away one, as you know, because <laughs> it costs me an arm and a leg to make these things. And uh, but uh, and I don't sell them. I, ha- I always have somebody say, oh, you know, can I buy one? And I wish I could, but I can't. It's, you know, I'm not licensed to do that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. So, uh, okay. So I hope I see lots of you at the Elma Uh, fairgrounds tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, well, everyone, this show's about to bite the bullet. Brian, as always, thank you so much. It's always great working with you. And uh, so, everyone, get out and work in that garden. We're getting some rain. This is the best thing that could ever happen. Plant lots of plants, and Mama Nature's going to water them for us, we hope. Okay, see everybody next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. 